Okay. Okay. I said, look, whenever we talk, you know, we try to stay on task. If you're talking about something, man, you ask this, you know, it ain't no in sync, but you just want to say something. Yeah, let's jump on in, man. Yeah, all over there. Well, hold on. Now, if I'm asking him about mail, don't ask him what he's saying. Well, now, now, the, 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 the big four, uh, first, first, some things I ain't going to be able to ask him. I'll talk to the documentary out. We'll say for the uh, documentary. Mm. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll dress, but I will work towards that. Oh, Where's that one coming out? Uh, probably, I would say, it depends if the kids, I know they don't rush up. The kids getting all the interviews. Right, right. You know, Mama, we got Magic, we got Thomas Robinson, you know, we got fun. You got to get all them together for you know. Mama was a big fan, you know, from two years together, three years together. He's totally fan. But in Chicago, I used to in some of the, in Chicago, uh, when I played in the NBA, one of our places in Chicago State. And uh, I had about 14 years from Chicago. It's like, Chicago. So, I'm the son. Yeah, so, 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 would you drive up there and just? I drive up there. I stay with my, uh, my teammate, Ricky Green. And uh, we go to Chicago State to play, man. You know, if, if I was in, outside the pros that Chicago had on the board. Yank the ball out. 
Oh yeah, yeah, y'all just whatever you want to just keep, you know. It's Sunday brunch. Y'all know what it is. We hanging in the chat line. And uh, man, this is one of those interviews where you know you circle on your calendar. You know, you no disrespect to nobody before before this guest or after, but us growing up in Louisville, you know, this is the one where you make sure your socks are matching. You put lotion on your elbow. You know, make sure you got your shirt right. Uh, Really doesn't need an introduction in Louisville, or Kentucky, and certain NBA sections. But uh, for the listeners, viewers watching, we're running down the stats. Who we got today? We got NBA Rookie of the Year of 1981, NBA All Rookie First Team 1981, Number 35 retired Utah Jazz and University of Louisville, NCAA Champion 1980, NCAA Final Four Most Outstanding Player, John Wooden Player Award of the Year 1980. Sports News Player of the Year 1980, consensus first team All American, second team All American 1979, Metro Conference Player of the Year, three time first team All Metro Conference 1978 and 1980, Mr. Basketball USA 1976, first time parade All American. You know what it is. Dr. Duncan Stein, Mr. 360, Daryl Richardson. We know it's Sunday, uh, the first day of the NFL season, and I was telling them that people got schedules and they got routines, they go to church, and you can just chill out. Man. So we definitely, definitely appreciate you coming. Oh, man, I appreciate you coming. Especially when you feed the brother like you got fed. <laughs> 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 yeah, really yeah. you know, I was telling Griff, I was like, you know, I was, I've been talking about doing this podcast for, for a couple of years, really, what was that? One of the main things that helped me, like, now I'm going to get started. I went to Griff's ceremony, he got the street named His old childhood neighbor, they named the street after him. He was telling stories at the ceremony. And I was like, man, you know, people need to hear these stories. Mm -hmm. And I told him, you know, I know everything's not for everybody, but a lot of times you learn a lot about a person once they pass away. So I was like, man, if I could go ahead and start my podcast. And I had a list of certain people I want to interview, like these are people I really would like to sit down, get to meet, and actually cook for, or just what actually makes them who they are. So definitely Griff was at the top of my list, so I called him. I was like, I hope he says yeah, because I know it's a busy time for, for University of Louisville, and I know we have a lot of things to do with people pulling you in different directions. So he said, yeah, I do it, just give me the day. I was like, man, cool, I'll check that out. My mother and Griff's coming in. So while we jump into it, I'm gonna start. You know, when you got the first news, they were gonna name the street after you, man. Like, like who called you, how they let you know, and you know, how you felt about it? Uh, my good friend Denise Bentley called me up and told me what was uh, what was about to transpire so she had some information on and uh, talked about the street and how long of the street would be laid back from definitely from from a child home So once we got that together the whole thing kind of supply chain allow her to have the actual or if you look at some of the little landmarks the actual plaque ours is different because of uh, the original ones uh, but it all worked out to get some burgers you know, stuff so it happened so it was a great day uh, I was extremely proud you know, for my mom right. 
dad bought that house back in 1965. $5,000. was was a was I know sometimes, you know, we, we get a rap word and our community is just a single parent home. So I want to ask you, as far as having your mom and your dad, you know, in your life, like, what did that mean, like, to have them there and to help shape you to the world? Well, yeah, it's always the parents to have their parents at home. But unfortunately, the way they're parking, Stuff like that, you realize how important it is to develop. And then you, you pay attention to the fact you get older in life, especially with your parents at home, your little current home. Uh, you wonder why your dad leaves and comes back home. You wonder why your mom leaves and comes back home. Then you realize they're going to work. They're going to work to provide uh, for you, uh, get you to close and go to school, be facility. Have food on table, uh, so uh, that makes you more aware. Uh, I think uh, a lot of kids miss that. Uh, I follow a lot of friends, so it's definitely role uh, to make sure that the kids are loved. A lot of kids raising kids that they're raising kids as their friends, as advantage kids, and uh, some of the reasons why we have the problem. A lot of you have to learn today you can tell the ones in single family homes that have structure because even though you might get a single family home, single parent home, if you came from a structure, solid's gonna be rich. If you got grandparents that live 
They always be with you. So uh, uh, it, it's a blessing to have you forever. Forever, it's a blessing to be here. Uh, there's nothing over. It's, 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 it's different. Uh, different age. So we gotta do uh, the best we can to recognize uh, these kids uh, and these couples and try to try to make them accept. They always say it takes a village. It's, you gotta be able to accept the village. And, you know. And that's the key thing. I can uh, I can recall the first the first time I was six years old. I never forget. Um, I'm just a kid. I just know it's a basketball game. Um, and I mean I'm I'm just a kid. I'm six years old, and I, I just remember my grandfather saying to my asking my auntie, "Is that Daryl Griffin?" And she said yes. And so that told me at six I'm like. Whoever Dale Griffith is, he must, you know, he must be the man, you know, he must, so he must be, you know, he must be special, so, and, um, I can, you know, first grade, I just remember we would be in class and, and, and kids would be, you know, we had a kid saying, I, I live next door to Dale Griffith's girlfriend. So, yes, I get to see Dale Griffith. <laughs> So what street was that? I'm thinking like, like, you know, like cool, you know, I'm down the square, I'm like cool. But but then I remember uh, the third the third time as a kid, uh, my my daddy took me to the clinic, the basketball clinic that, that you hosted, and I remember clear as day that you said basketball was secondary, and I didn't think much about it, but my, my daddy kept saying it over and over and over again. Man, Daryl Griffin said, man, basketball was secondary. You know, basketball was secondary. And that stuck with me, that that, that statement stuck with me forever. I will to this day. I hope you went on and got your degree. I did. Yeah. Bro. See a lot of people, you know, when they, which is you know, respectfully, Ali's associated with more, right? Which was before our time, for us coming up, it was real. You know, you, you know, like my, for me, like because I'm young, you played before my time. Like my favorite player, I was Southern Murray. You know, I came up with Juan Weaver's family, right? but no matter who came through, you were the gold standard. Like you know, ain't real. If you heard that from all the '80s, all the '90s, you had set the standard. Anybody that was coming up that was playing ball, as far as not really perfection, but no really off the court trouble, you know, not getting to the law. You hear about this? It was like he set a standard of discipline, education. This is what it's got to be, and nothing else. Well, it comes from my mom, my dad. You know, I, I remember uh, my dad put a basketball ball in the back of our garage. We just imported it right across the cemetery, and uh, we were the only house on the block. That had a driveway and a, and a garage, an A-frame garage, and it was the A-frame house. Uh, and it was an alley behind there. And my dad sat and played the basketball game. And that's where it all started. Because I grew up, uh, I was a football fan. I love playing football. I grew up with Jim Brown, man, Cleveland Brown, man. You know, we, we watched Cleveland Brown because they were the regional team that was on TV at the time. Oh, on the Bengals. So they were the most marketable movie. So we always watched Cleveland Brown. Oh, yeah. And I was huge Jim Brown fan. Kelly, Ernie Green, you know, I love those guys. Coming up, so I was 
love constructing football, the snow, make such good balls. Go to see in Boston, and you have another school play tackle. Uh, it's different tackle thing. They were my name for the basketball, but the back, it was just a different shift. Uh, but uh, I remember all the kids were coming around because it was, it was on the uh, facility in the neighborhood that had a basketball club. So the traction, for one year, uh, I went back to the garage, picked up the basketball goal, struck up in my bed, had a round aluminum a container on top of it, you wired that What's up? Slip it to the brain, that's what's up. <laughs> <laughs> that's all he said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was good, so, good stuff. Wow. So, uh, uh, yeah, that, that's, it, you know, that's he already preached that, but I had been slacking in school when it was elementary school. So, you know, that's, that, that interested my mind that, you know, if you want to play this game, you need to bring first. Yeah, you want to talk about the early age. It, 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 it's, it's certain so much what the kids don't realize. They, when I talk to kids, they always talk to me. Uh, uh, I need some kids. I don't speak to the kids. Like I said, and which one? Everything. They, they, they talk. And the first five things I did, I'll teach them to the kids they want to do. Uh, they play ball, play that football. But I, I, I'm going to rephrase this question. I said, where you want to be? And it can't be nothing associated with sports. That they pause. They don't know. Yeah, they don't know. They don't you know. So they, you know, some of them might come up and say, you know, hey, I want to be a, uh, an engineer and I want to do computer science. Very few of them do. So I always pose the question to the kids who don't know is that you need to know because they ain't guaranteed that you're going to go to the practice and lay that one down. So you ain't going to make it to It's that slim of a chance to make it to the so that's why it's always important that kids know, uh, male and female, uh, that if you have the ability to go to pro, you you can't play. They won't let you play unless you get your grades. That's part of why basketball was secondary. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 you know, and, and the key thing, uh, guys, is that you need to make getting your education potential. It don't need to be, oh, I'm going to get my education because right. I want to play basketball. I want to play basketball. It needs to be, I want to get my education because here's why I want my career to be. For me, I majored in TV broadcast and television. I got my degree in all this. So why did I choose that degree? Because at a young age, I was in front of the camera a lot. And, uh, what age is that? Uh, from probably Joe, ninth grade on, eighth, ninth grade on, you know, when I started selling the basketball for people so I started getting in front of the cameras. I wanted to see how, hey, they're be on TV, so I'm looking at it, and I'm like, I'm looking at it, I'm looking at it, okay, how do I perform, how do I perform? That would make me say, hey, I need to show my education skills. I need to uh, be more concerned on TV. Uh, if I'm going to be on TV a lot more, so I chose this uh, communication degree. I, in high school, we had a class called uh, Devil School Education in America, where it was just degrees, from file cabinet, all of it. It was just a room full of file cabinets. And 
doctor, uh, the uh, teacher, Mr. Pickerel, said take two weeks. Go to these files. It's careers. Lever and audio careers in these file papers. And then come back and we'll discuss it and we'll talk about how you can achieve it. And I looked up and I seen TV. This ties in what you know, I always talk about doing. That's how I took my degree. When I got to school, I took it on It's funny that you said to uh, make education intentional. Uh, one thing I've been saying, probably since I was a teenager, is that there's only two things that nobody can ever take away from you. That's what you know and what you believe. Most important thing is, you know, to ever accumulate over your lifespan is knowledge. And I don't think enough of, enough of these kids, even from the teachers nowadays, are hearing that. They don't know how important this is. That, that is the, the great divide between the have and the have nots. A lot of people don't understand that. It's the knowledge. You know, when you're talking about uh, the socioeconomic things and everything, it's all about knowing though. Know. Yeah, and the key to that is even taking a step further is that you gotta be willing to get the knowledge. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely you know, uh, That is so important. The wanting of the knowledge, and knowledge doesn't have to always be always come from an edu uh, from an educational institution. Mm -hmm. You know, you can get some of the best knowledge is from listening to individuals who are, are, are more experienced or have have more skill level. My father always taught me said a question asked is something else, something learned never be afraid to ask a question. So a lot of kids in school. They don't want to raise their hand and ask a question, even if they know they don't know what the hell is going on, but they don't want to get the feedback from some of the other kids in the room mm -hmm. uh, to, uh, you know, all the jokes, you know, and you always ask questions. That's a dumb question. Exactly, exactly. But that, that, that can have an effect on you wanting to even figure out what you need to learn. And you got to have a, a hard hat on to the people around you and be focused on that specific knowledge. Which leads me to, to talk about how important that kids understand the effect of peer pressure. Peer pressure is, first off, peer pressure ain't got no age. We always talk about peer pressure with younger kids, but peer pressure is older people, economic status, particularly with younger kids. Talk about the classrooms there, but I want to always say, say that you want to answer questions. The reason why you want to do it is because of the pressure you can receive from other, other friends. Warren and Fred Chuck Tellers compared to Warren and Fred Knight. Little Grip used to run, ask me, can he take the day off? I'm saying, for what? He says, Jordan Day. Facebook, that's pretty much. It's, oh, it's that's a whole other level 
uh, 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 when I say peer pressure, that goes from whatever time you get on that, whatever age you get it is. I share with everybody that Facebook is your own personal news don't TV channel. That's your own. I mean, when you put stuff out there, you, you, you the next day, then everybody know this is all about Daryl. This is all about Joe. This is what I do. Why would you want to go all Think about that. Why you want to say, I'm getting ready to go to Jamaica. I'll be gone from, uh, for three weeks. Why you want to have you leave? I teach her secrets. You know, <laughs> now you know, you know, like, oh, she don't want you to that. She's gone for three weeks. Like, he gone for three weeks. I see my freaking eye out. You know, do, you know, do it. You get back. <laughs> I'm doing pride of that. So, you know, stuff that I see going on socially now, especially my head, uh, how I've influenced uh, that social media and had on society and on these kids. And, you know, I, I have a page, but I don't respond. I only have a couple of people. Yeah, I was going to ask you, do you have to be on no, social media based I got a page because of my job. But, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I, people ask me, man, when are you going to accept me? I said, I don't know. <laughs> so think about peer pressure and, and having to be an individual and stand out, I know at some point, and that's when my question is going to be, is what was that point? You knew that you were different from the rest of these ball players here in the city, or even the state for that matter, and you had to take a different approach in terms of how you were doing everything. Right, the real quick, the piggyback off of Taylor, like, did you know, like, coming into Mayo, was it, like, understood, like, you know, this young kid is... Like, you, know, you know, like in ninth grade, man, you know, this is different for me. I'm not like the rest of these kids. Like, I, I know it more. Well, as a kid, when you come up, you just play. Right. Right. You know? And I guess when I was started, when I was in seventh grade, I started jumping basketball. Yeah, seventh grade. Yeah. It looks, 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 we had a, my dad had a double garage door that was a little, had a little for fun. And we would be marking on the bottom turn. We would run on, on the garage and jump off of it dumb. And we would always keep that same thing without the garage door. So had, uh, one time, my ball came off the basket and jumped up to the fence. So, and we was just playing ball in the house. We bought a bar with my brother Michael. They didn't really get excited about it, but I was really excited about stuff something we wanted to do. So it, you know, that let me know that I had increased my jumping ability. I didn't really think to work on it, but I started being more focused on focused on other basketball. So I guess the answer question. Hold on one second, bro. I just want to I was listening to that one part, and you said I didn't do anything to work on. Right. I was listening to it. So it's a secret. It ain't no secret. It's just natural. It was. It was natural. For me, it was just natural. Most guys are going to tell you. Like Floyd said, God given. Yeah, it was God given talent. It's a red turn. Both my sons, they get up. Jermaine and Bill Jr. It was, it was, it, 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 you know, I grew up in a neighborhood where very competitive, extremely competitive in anything we did. 
uh, our ESPN was uh, Wide World of Sports, which I was from there. Mm -hmm. uh, that was the ESPN for us. But it was uh, whatever attracted it. Uh, then it came on TV that we could mimic in the neighborhood. We would try to pick what to be, uh, ride a bicycle, relay around the cemetery because it was an old cemetery. Uh, we would go over and try to track meets, break a stick, climb a relay. Uh, we would try to mimic, you know, the baton. I'm friends with, with Jermaine, you know, yeah. and I remember we, uh, we we were going to watch Boys in the Hood. I think I told you about it, Joe. This was, so this was 91. And I mean, we up on long with Jermaine just walking around with football. And he's like, uh, what you want me to hit? You, you want me to hit that stop sign? I'm like, uh, yeah, hit the stop sign. The stop sign is all the way down the street. <laughs> I mean, so he's, he's up in the air. I don't even remember if it hit the stop sign or not, but I was just so like, you know, like, you know, like, dang, you know, that's, that's got some serious uh, velocity to it. You know what I'm saying? So I understand what you mean with the type of uh, you know, genetics. So you were about to lean into what you said at that point when you realized? Uh, it probably was the time playing the dirt road. Mm -hmm. uh, we, when I say we myself, Todd Turner, Red Backer, when they first built the, uh, the dirt road, used to be what they called the hole. The hole? The was hole a was, it was more about flash age. Okay. That caught Along the parkway, the valley, the valley, where 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 Flagey used. Oh, what Flagey Field is now, or well, what Flagey's high school. If you come down Forty Fourth Street mm -hmm. and you go in the middle of that section of the park, right before that, one, that's where the dirt was called. Oh, okay, the, the old bas old basketball court. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that, that was, that was in the valley. We call it the hole. So that's where we started. They started the dirt road. So we used to go down there, you know, five in the group, sit there and watch the program and the guys play. Then the following year, they built all the basketball courts uh, where the third board is now. Mm. Uh, it used to be five courts there. But it's, I don't know how long it was, it's maybe one court, but it was basketball courts all around it. And one main court. And that's, that's when the third board really took off. And they had the Colonels were in town, Kentucky Colonels, they big teams mm -hmm. in town. Uh, we had uh, all the College basketball athletes played in the so that made a pro league. So we had a real good competitive uh, pro league. We had to, you know, like I said, all the colonels would come in, the other faces would come in, plus the college players. You know, I'm talking about Jim McDaniels from, from West Kentucky. And just all these guys that were playing in Durkin. So you know, it was totally different from what you see now with all pros and college players. It was, it was real. <laughs> And uh, so we were sitting around watching George Kennedy, which is my, uh, uh, he married my neighbor, so he was, uh, she lived two doors down from me. And he had a team called the Louisville All-Stars, Dallas Duncan guys. Dallas, We used to like watching them warm up and call man, these some brothers, I mean, they could literally sky they were dumping in the warm-ups and stuff, so sitting down there. So I asked George, I said, see the dog, I said, can we play? He said, no, nah, well, he said, you ain't ready yet. You know? And uh, I'm like, fuck that. How do we live? The following year, my ninth grade year, uh, eighth and ninth grade year, me, Rudy, me, Rudy, Bobby Turner, when I said, with me, Rudy, Michael, Bobby Turner, Rob Stewart, Bob Miller, there were some other guys, Dave McConaughey. We put our name, we put our team in a, in a, in a program. 
And we wasn't even, we got the oldest person on that squad was Robert Mackin, which he was an older guy. He was going to take us around. So they didn't have a high school. Uh, yeah, we we just played there. We were <laughs> You know, we always played up. Right, right. So we always played up. So we uh, we put our, put our uh, name in and play in the pro division. George just looked at us and started smiling, and then when we started falling out, and we beat them in the finals. <laughs> so, this is a you said pros, you're talking about professional. Yeah, you know, DMR, Hillson, all of them. But we were the park favorites because we were, you know, they took us for granted. Nice race. And we balled Yeah. <laughs> I know they quite well. Yeah. I know the kind of Yeah, yeah. And we balled it, you know. And so, this is at 14, 15 years 14, 15 years old. Oh, wow. So, we got to, got to the finals twice, lost to Little Ball Stars twice. But that's the time for one of the games was when I jumped on Gilmore and that was the park. So, at that time, you know, that's probably what I do with that park. I had I had a different uh, talent. I had different, uh, talent. Well, I felt like that. That that I was because I was kind of wondering, and that, that kind of answered my question. What did it for you in terms of when did you, who did you have to go through to know that you were that you were the man? Well, I mean, the journey the journey for us was like in school. We got schooled a lot because we always wanted to play ball. We, you know, we got tired of you know dogging out to play at our age. When no, it wasn't feeling, mm-hmm. you know. So Robert Stewart, uh, he was the hell in the railroad at the time. He seen the talent that we all had. So every weekend, instead of us playing down the shiny and chickens out park all the time, you know, he he would map out find places for us to go play. He said we're going to eat town this weekend. We're going to go to Owensboro. We go go to Shelburne, Indiana. He would find where all the talent was someplace else. We would go there and play, and we go up, and he can. Bob Stewart said, "What we got next?" They ain't no who we for. You know, we shoot around. He said, "Don't dump, don't dump." We went all over the state, all Indiana. We did that every weekend. It was all Mac who had to come back to play ball in Louisville. But you know, we we went to, to it was the the variety of talent in different areas, and different competition. You know, that we look forward to going to play. You know, Fort Knox. I mean, I could name a whole bunch of cities. We all went to and, and, and Rob Stewart only had license, you know, so he, he jumped, all jumped in his car, you know, and, and got out of five I remember when we went out to, uh, I can't think of where it was, at the Valley. Hayes Uh It might have been Hayes Kid, I can't remember what it was, but, you know, it's, it's, we, we were still young, uh, and he said, no, we're going to go out there and, and play with these white boys out here, and some, somewhere out in the East End, somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, uh, and uh, we went out there, I remember that, uh, yeah, there was a bunch of people out there. Uh, it's either Saturday or Sunday. And, uh, we went out there and did work. And so when y'all coming back? So was it more like open league? Just open run? It's, 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 it's just open run. Okay. Open run. Like I say, Rob said we got next. We got our five. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes we didn't have five. We pick up one person in. Man, and we get out there. Good time to eat. So the next time we went back, it was packed. Every time we went back, it was packed. Yeah. You know, we went back to, uh, but they wanted to know when we was coming back. Now, they used to have a corner of New Albany. Uh, they used to have a smorgasbord called Kingstown. And right over on the main strip, I think it's called now, where, where all, the, all the car dealerships are at. Uh, uh, Chrome is on uh, 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 New Albany. Looks car parkway? Yes. 
Little squat park, but walk past the, where that new Kroger's is to the left. This guy owned the house and he had a basketball court, full court in his backyard, but faced the road. Mm. And Robin found out that that's where all the Indiana ball players were there. So, so what, what's the difference you see nowadays versus uh, even in my era, most kids, uh, their skill set was developed in the park. I, said, I see you speak on the, how yours was developed on the back of your, your family's uh, garage. What's the difference you see now in kids and how they are developing versus the era when we came up? Well, the main thing is just uh, when I was coming up, that's all we had to do. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Another yeah. thing to do is hoop, they touch football. That was, that was it. Uh, I go down to the park now and anybody in that place. You know, a lot of to, to go on what you were saying, I think there's a lot of people, they're not the younger generation, but I'm pretty sure we had cell phones back then and all the distractions. All we had was sports. All we had to go out and create games, make stuff up, but we didn't have nothing else. It was like, you go outside and don't come back in for the rest of the day. So just play ball on that. Well, you know, with, with, again, for us, it was all satellite. We didn't have, we didn't have the opportunity to go and play in Unless it was a league or something like that, where they didn't play, but we had all the outside. Yeah, you know, you had Shawnee Park, you had Chickasaw Park, you had Pickering Park. Uh, in the East End, there was just games everywhere. You know how you see uh, films on, uh, you look in New York and you see all the playgrounds and practice and what they That's when the love of the game was yeah. real. That's what I was going to say, is that why it's maybe looked at now because they got so much stuff to do now. So much distraction, man. Yeah, the love of the game yeah, is just not the same as it was back then with so y'all. Even, even with the high school sports, high yeah. school basketball team. I went to a game, uh, one of my church members, uh, she had a son who played for Bell. And she said, Good, can you go to the uh, cable? Whatever. He played for Bell. He said, Cool, just like Shawnee. He went to Old Bell. About 200 people. I called my brother. I said, Bro, my brother Mike. I said, Man, I'm at a Bell Shawnee game. Man, you get 200 people. When we played Mel Shawnee, we had to play at, at Little Gardens, which got, I don't know if y'all know the name of it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 6,000 people. Yeah. Yeah. And it'd be another thousand trying to get in. We didn't play in Mel Central Shawnee. We always played it. We couldn't play in our high school. Wow. <laughs> we couldn't get that many people in there. And, and to see that, I'm like, wow. Yeah. We were members at the YMCA on 2nd Street. You know, Rev. And remember how Rev used to talk about. The games. Yeah, see, we just heard the story. He's just coming out Central basketball. Mail, you can see the disappointment in his face mm -hmm. when he was talking about back in the day. He said, when Shawnee was playing, they would roar. Yeah. Yeah. Man, it was when I say, yeah, that was the biggest ticket in town when it was. Shawnee Mail Central, either one of them played each other. We had to play a little bit. They played on high school. Yeah. You know, and one, we That's still cool. got the record for this. We played Central one year. When we both were rated, it was, yeah, let me back up. My junior high school team, we stayed all the high school. I played a new ball when I had Gerald Yarbrough, Bernard Crook, Bob Miller, myself, Bobby Tyler. I mean, we, we were all the ones in the high school team. So everybody went to Central except me and Bobby. So what made you go to Mayo? We had a brother went to Mayo. You know, 
So I, I, I ended up going to Mayo. And then when I was coming up with junior high school, we had a junior high school league up in Mayo High School. Uh, all the junior high school leagues, Shawnee, at junior high school, Duval Junior High School, Parkland, C, Manly, we all played up the Mayo on Saturday mornings. And, and during that time, one more bus. I could go anywhere I wanted to in high school, anywhere. If I want to go to Bob, uh, the ballot, I can go to Bob. If I want to go to Shawnee, it's just, uh, man, I, as a matter of fact, my first, I went to Shawnee first. Mm. My brother went to Duval. And my brother went to uh, to the Duval. So yeah, we had to walk home from school in the jungle, which was south. Right. Mm -hmm. And you know, and, and all the stuff that went on while my brother was and my mother's like, you're not going to that school. I'm like, why? So she made me go to Shawnee. First day of Shawnee had built to the Shawnee Park. Second day, Shawnee had a field trip to South Park. Third day, Shawnee, we had a field trip to the Church Park. My mom said, What about this? She asked my mom, Do the field trip. We, we know. <laughs> we know that's not an exaggeration. I went to jail on seventh grade and said, I want to kind of try out for the team. Honeybee Gordon was the, uh, the, the uh, legendary Honeybee, was a coach. Nah, I don't feel all That's the really when you like, I'm out of here. This is the shiny? Yes, the shiny. So I transferred to Duval. Transferred on Friday. I started school at Duval on Monday. That's how easy it was. So I went to Duval all that Monday. That's why I started about five o'clock to go to Duval. And we said, eat Chinese lunch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so uh, uh, that, that you know, during that particular time, again, you could go anywhere. So when I got the mail, mail was the first year of bus Me and Bobby Turner was supposed to go to Western High School. That was a school that we was designated to go to. But the Board of Education exempted all the seniors. Said, hey, it's your senior year, we're gonna let you stay. So you can stay at your own home school. And before busing, we had a number of high school teams. We, we, we shipped away six guys and six, six or better. We had the Miller brothers, they went to Ballard. Mm -hmm. They were at Mayo. Mm -hmm. We had uh, uh, Keith Park at Central. Skiles, uh, 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 Keith Skiles with the, with the Aaron's. All these guys left. And the, the, the Raiders came out before the busing came. So we were still number one team in the nation, but we didn't have our firepower that we had. And during my senior year, Coach Houston, we were Oak Hill before Oak Hill was. We we travel all along all the country and start playing different different schools in, in, uh, across the United States. We we were at a tournament in uh, first time I flew. We were at a tournament in Houston, Texas. I came to Dr Pepper class. They had used, they had a team called Camry and Cash. Camry was the number one team in the nation. Camry was number three. Uh, now, Cameron was number two. We were number one. Cash was number two. Uh, uh, Wheatley was number three. Had a bunch of fourteen, right? So we fly down first time flying the plane, and we get to the coach. Used to make sure we, we had security. You know? At the time, we had left the canvas converse and leather leather converse just came out. So we go and play in a, in a high school, uh, uh, the big high school gym they had. There. 
And these guys were like six, seven, six, eight, six, nine, and stuff. And we were like, you know, we weren't phased by them, but they were tripping on our shoes, but we had other shoes. No one had other shoes. And our uniform, we just got some fresh uniforms. So uh, we were in the layup line, so we were like, the dunk was taken out of basketball for 10 years. In high school, I couldn't dunk. They didn't reinstate the dunk until my freshman year in college. It, it didn't wow. come back in, so that's what the documentary is going to be about. It's coming out. But they didn't reinstate the dunk until my freshman year in college. So in my whole high school career, we couldn't dunk the basketball. If we can't do it, you uh, can't do it. That's all for this one. So we have this big dunk line going up. So when, in high school in Louisville, we had a lot of fans that would come to the beginning of the warm-up. Just for warm-up. Just for warm-ups. Mm -hmm. You know, we couldn't dunk in the game. Wow. So when we were in we know in, 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 in Texas, we could we we said, nah, let's don't dunk. Right. But we just go up late following. And I remember a time the game where uh, uh, you know, they thought they were gonna intimidate us with their size. You know, Bobby had hops. Oh, uh, Kevin Anderson had hops. Uh, uh, Jeff Barrett, I had hops on the squad, and, uh, and it was the, the coach was kind of cocky. He was going back and forth, producing it, and we were we were giving it to him. And they thought again, they thought they could intimidate us. You know, uh, uh, they end up blocking one of my shots. And, you know, get up and talk stuff, stuff like that. The coach point down, the coach use and stuff. But I looked at the coach, I said. Please let me lose. <laughs> and, then, and then all of a sudden, you know, it just, it's a ring was going on. All, of, all, the, all the negativity went on the lawn, and Coach said, go ahead. So the next opportunity I got, went down the lane, and flushed it on, just shut everybody on. <laughs> so he's going to check you. I get hurt. And Coach didn't cut. That was a statement, yeah, though. That was a statement, though. So that was out loud nationwide. Yeah, just, uh, nationwide. So, so you yeah, got to So nationwide. So they were like, you know, so before the game was over, their fans were cheering for us. Yeah. Oh, we ended up beating You know, and they were just, you know, we was blocking these shots, but they just stopped with the pump ups. Mm -hmm. And the same thing happened when we played. Now, that, that, that was the first game that we did our road show with. Then we went to Keysport, Tennessee. Then we went to the biggest game we had. We went to uh, Ohio, and they had a, the number eighteen in the nation. They were stacked. They had six six point guard, had six four guard, a six eight guy. And we practiced in a in a, in a, in a like going down south in practice. Right, right. That's what we practiced for the game. They looked at them, they start laughing. They y'all get ready to get dogs. So like, then we beat that team by twenty. <laughs> and we got and we got to the uh, when the. Uh, the game got out of hand for us. When I say got out of hand, we won by you know, 15, 20 points. Me and Bobby were all the coaching. And coaching was go ahead, so he would let us get a tip before we take us out. Mm -hmm. We were up so, so, so big. So, yes. you know, coach gave us a lead, but he let, he, he let us play. I hate they put the brakes on y'all like that. That's, that's, yeah, that's, 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 now, Allen Alan was sitting between our laps. He was just four or five years old when I played at Bell High School. So he was around basketball all his life. Oh, you yeah. tell? Yeah. I remember Alan was a freshman. He came in as long. He had big ears. Yeah. He was like 6'2. Yeah. And he was playing up. Yeah. Man, he always played up. Man, he did not miss a shot. He was so efficient. Yeah. You could see that he was different. Mm -hmm. 
I'm talking about he was six two, so he, yeah. he ended up starting his freshman year at Valor. Oh, he's still. Oh man, he's, he's still like that. He, he wasn't highly skilled far like putting the ball on the floor. He could do it. He wasn't adequate like, at that time. Year at that time, yeah. But his fundamentals yeah. and his shooting, his shooting ability was just on a whole, a whole different level. He was around all his life. Man, he was highly skilled. Yeah. yeah. Talk about the world Wade used to play. Well, Coach Houston was, you know, my first father figure away from home. Uh, he he uh, he just embraced us. He, me and Coach got the mail at the same time. And he left errands, and I came to move on. Uh, so so Jim Hunt's place, and that's when they had me and Bobby and, and Jeff Mack and Tyrone Cunningham. So there's what he comes with us, uh, what he calls us. But we were all uh, uh, part of that, that, that South Park. Took us to the state final like first one. Coach was just, he's just, he's just a unique individual, man. He just got this, this, this presence of father figure about him, man. It just, it just attracts, you know, like being that you're comfortable with his presence. You know, that's the main reason why you see all these uh, former ballplayers that are back in town living, you know, and, and staying here because of coaches. So, because of how far was did he? Did he, he got he got to move. How long was he at Louisville before you? He got that at the same time. He got to move at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Louisville was playing. Well, first of all, Louisville was intentional. People don't realize Coach Houston was the first African American to get a scholarship at the University of Wow. Did him, Eddie, or Eddie Whitehead, and uh, yeah, I don't know his name, I can't think of Mr. Smith, but he's just passed away. They were the first three African American scholars. That's the so, school Whitehead's grandfather? Yeah, that's the yeah, Whitehead's No, no, that's the Whitehead's dad. That's that. Yeah. One of the first blacks in the Oh, yeah. First black to be moved. So they ended up hiring Coach Juicy. And uh, of course, I was a number one high school player. I was trying to go pro, and I decided not to go pro. Uh, so, uh, not, not to cut you, I, I wanted to ask you that. When you were coming out of high school, was it always local? Like, it was just now you were going to go? Well, you know, the pros contract stuff coming around, particularly with the girls and stuff. You know, NBA football. But, uh, you know, my, my, I was open to uh, where I wanted to go at. Uh, so it was, wasn't just Louisville, like exclusive? No, nah, it wasn't Louisville. Louisville was always at the top of the world exclusive. So when I was coming out, you could visit as many schools you wanted to. So if you, if, you, if you were a top player, you always wanted to visit Las Vegas. And you always wanted to be in Hawaii. Use that word again. I always wanted to be in and Bobby said in the article. This is in high school. This is in high school. Wow. They asked him, what you think about going to school? So, you know, they were thinking about, you know, different schools you're going to. We don't go to the Las Vegas. We might not go there, but we're going to do them anyway. They just canceled that. I'm like, dude, why do you even mention All right. We're not going. They didn't have us, you know. So, you know, they got a lot of visits from all the top players because of what they were at. What school did you visit? Visit. Visited uh, Merlin, and after I visited Merlin, I was seriously considering uh, Michigan, Michigan, and Merlin. Uh, I drove with my top choice. 
after the Merlin visit, I was like, I don't even think I was going to visit. I see how life was away from home, away from home campus. And I'm like, uh, I need to stay at home. And so that's, that's what uh, I was about. It was about 3 o'clock one morning, and I was sitting downstairs in the living room, and my dad, he heard me in there, he was going to get to me some water. He said, son, what you doing up? Father, like I'm thinking about sitting in the cold school. He said, oh, yeah, what do you, what do you, what do you choose? I said, I think I'm going to go to the He said, I knew that. And walked out. He wasn't excited at all. He just went and got some water. That's a small place, right? No. And the thing about it is, is that uh, we was coming. I came up doing civil rights. Man. man. And, and, Scenario with Kentucky alone in black school and white school. It was just, my, my friends didn't have it. Yeah, I didn't like, come up doing civil rights. Yeah, like, I uh, went to Kentucky. You know, especially with the New York and all the scenarios that happened. It's just very good. It stood out my mind. It just was comfortable to think about it. Mm. So you, you didn't get the chance to play in Kentucky? No, I didn't. I don't want to get too far ahead, but talk about the Hands down the nastiest nickname ever. Dr. Duncanstein at the Doctors of Duncan. <laughs> I mean, every time I say that I, I get I get goosebumps because it's just it's just so nasty. And y'all won the championship. Well, where did the name come from, Dr. Duncanstein? Well my brother was a big part of that Funk Delta thing. Mm. They had a character, uh, George had a character called Dr. Funkenstein. Funkenstein. So it just it came from that. My brother to this day he's a part of the Funkenstein. Mr. Mike. He used to go to all the concerts and they thought the concerts would make some land. When you were coming up, if the part of the Funkenstein came in town, you were going. That was, they were the movie. Damn, Earth with the fire. Yeah. I'm going to show you on the cover tonight. You're going to get into the funky devil. Dunkerstein? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can remember. You remember, you could, you could buy, if you went to Jay's, you bought a pair of Chucks. You got a poster. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was, it was George Gervin. Well, I spent, I spent person for, uh, I, you can buy no Chucks with Earth, but he didn't like the Gervin, yeah. I spent, yeah. But I just remember that. The different posters when you were going oh, yeah, to the, the whole store. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and it would it would be you you holding the, the basketball. Yeah, I can I came out with the posters. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, OJ, the six of Marcus. Yeah, yeah. 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 Y'all, you guys watch. Y'all watch Super Hero. So I'm not I'm not from here originally. I'm from I'm from Hampton, Virginia, okay. but I moved here when uh, we were freshmen in high school at Shawnee. Okay. So I don't really. What I was that? Oh, this is 93, 94, 92, uh, so tell me, as being a player here in your hometown, one of the most significant memories you have of being on that team in terms of an event or something. Uh, well, the, 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 the proudest moment was promising to the last championship. And delivering on it. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm talking about. So that, that, you know. So you um, promised it? Like I, like I said, I wasn't even here. So yeah, I was, uh, <laughs> you know, being a number one high school player in the nation, uh, uh, I can't remember NBC, CBS. They followed the whole season. They wanted to say, "Hey, will you make some short let us know in the press conference." So it wasn't like that. 
see that everybody's got all the hats and all the tables. But it was just, you know, I did a press conference on second and Liberty was probably in there. And uh, during that press conference, I just said, hey, you want to leave on you, you don't want to have championship. There it is. And that, and that came from, from uh, that inspiration came from Muhammad Ali. He, you know, everybody he had to be a big Muhammad Ali fan. Mm -hmm. And for about a two years stretch, Ali would tell you what around he was going to knock him out and he would ram about it. And when that round came up, he knocked your ass out. Well, I'm going to be around. I remember that to this day. I mean, everybody was like, okay, Ali said he's going to do it in six, and we'd be out. I'm going to watch it on TV. Uh -huh. you know, unless it was closed circuit. Sometimes they might have had on, uh, 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 on ABC Sports and how it was going Very few of them. You even have to watch Watch a close circuit while he passed to this to our friend. He said in April, eight round you out. He said in three. We did that for two straight years. So what stood out to me was the confidence he had within his ability to say, here's what I'm going to do. You know, and that inspired me. So this is what year when you when you made that declaration and then what year did y'all win? Oh, what in April. You won in eight, and you said that in my year. Yeah, before I signed in the first year. So the first, first year, yeah. you come in and you won championship. No, no. I, that, 76 was one of my first year. 76, 77. Was your freshman year? Yeah, so when I signed with the University of Louisville uh, at the press conference, we won out for hours. So it was your senior year when you won it? Yeah. So it was freshman, like since you, you hadn't won it the first three years. Mm -hmm. It's a freshman going into your senior year, like, what's up? Well, it, it, it was more so for me, it was like, uh, you know, Self-reflecting, talking to myself. You, know, you got one more year. <laughs> you know, you got to bring it. So uh, it just inspired me to uh, go to Coach Crum and ask him, you know, what do I need to do to be the best player? And uh, you know, he was telling me that uh, uh, I was on my teammate Tony Branch. That's the ball at a point guard. So hey man, give me some ball. Uh, I worked hard all summer long, went to the gym, probably gym at night, you know, so I was like, I had keys to feel, but me and Bobby Turner were up and down, and we opened up the gym uh, for a crowd class while we were in high school, and I still had keys. <laughs> so uh, I could go in the gym and just work out, you know, just work on my weaknesses and stuff. By the time the senior actually came upon, uh, eventually I knew that I had to put in the work. Just about to leave a lot of the other guys follow suit. I watched that game and I got the I got the impression that well first of all your your game is clearly on a different level than everybody else on the floor. But I sort of felt like that, that you, you took on the mindset that said that, that coming in you were gonna make sure that everyone found their rhythm. Because you, you dribbling and you pointing like, you know, go right there, I'm gonna put it where you want it. Because it was started off, you know, it was a lot of missed shots and stuff like that. But then, I mean, toward the end, everything just kind of came, you know, just came together. Well, beautifully. I was a senior that year, and the only senior that team was Tony Branch. I had a bunch of young guys, so I had to lead by example with my play, and I also had to lead uh, by example with, with my mental capacity, knowing my knowledge of the game to them, but to know that you know, I'm not just a baller. I don't you know, so I had to make them feel comfortable enough to work as a leader on the court. I had to tell them a lot of times they could make a mistake. Like, for instance, they were out there and they could make a mistake and they would look over the front of the Don't look at them. 
Oh yeah, so so me and Coach Crump, our relationship was that I was the type of player that I wanted to know. And first of all, in order to be a leader, a true leader, you gotta know every position on the court. So in practice, I would say, you know, Coach put me into the forward. I put me into the center. You know, like he said, okay, I'm gonna work out with the center board the court just to know what they do. So when I'm directing the guys on the court as a leader, I know what it needs to be in because I know in practice in the position everybody has to be and plus the fact that we were so interchangeable uh, at the time. We were interchangeable squad. We didn't have too many tall guys. So Coach Plum always had big boys and we were, we were interchangeable. So we could switch on the center, switch on on boards and boards and he felt comfortable. Uh, so we always had a relationship. When I was on the bench with Coach, uh, when I got taken out of the game, I would always up to the coach. A lot of guys would go to the next. I get in between Coach Plum and Coach Olsen and I'll sit out in the because I want to know what their mindset was into the game. Mm-hmm. And plus, when they say, hey, Griffin, gonna give you a minute, I say, cool. All right. So, you know, it was just a matter of uh, having been in tune and Coach knew that he trusted me enough to where I could challenge him and he knew that he could criticize me and, and, and it would well. Respectfully. Mm-hmm. I would throw away. Yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't let it affect my game. Yeah. You know, he, could, he could get in my ass and then it'd be over. Right, right. right. You know, I was going to go out and correct him. You mm-hmm. know, and then if I didn't feel like a certain play, I, I, I would challenge him. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and then we sit and talk. Do you know, it my way. We do this one. This something he's missing. Yeah. You know, because he wanted to get it from my perspective being on the floor. He might not see what I see. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll see coaches. I can take it. You know. Uh, and we had a play that we called uh, Run for It Down, which where I would just put everybody on the baseline. It would work. We won that uh, particular time game. We had no shot clock. Mm-hmm. We, we didn't have no three point line. We averaged seven and a half points a game. Oh, I think we ran y'all same offense and yeah. ballot. That just got a high post offense. See, we call that scab, what you yeah, talking about. That high post offense won the John Wooden came out as a champion. Oh, yeah. And when yeah. Coach Crum got to Louisville, his first year, he went to the front court. So the high post offense was potent to the game changers. Mm-hmm. The three point line came in, and the game just changed. Yeah. You had to be able to adapt and change. Mm-hmm. You know, it's easy to say that now. But, better, I don't know, you know, Griffin. Was all the time we can score with that yes. three-point line. Yes, indeed. So, do you, do you think now we had a thousand more points? <laughs> well, you, know, you, know, you don't know. And, you know, and, you know I, I know I would have a lot more points than I had. Right. You know, what you know, is, I'm saying, do you see it like, man, yeah. you know? Yeah, I would love to have three, three, three point line. The three-point line came in with it. Oh, God. 87. Wow. So, it was a good three-point line. And the shot clock. Right, because it started off with 45 seconds down to what other Speed the game by making game one side. That's what the dunk did. You know, it was the re- and I came at the perfect time. Uh, it was the perfect storm for the excitement because, you know, here I got all these dunks that I'm ready to unleash that I did in warm ups and stuff. Now I can the game because I never could do it because the dunk wasn't in there. It took the dunk out of the game. Wow. Yeah, because of the way I said it. But for 10 years, I couldn't dunk. 
Things always gonna be in the ghost conversation. Of course, people people miss over him, man. He, yeah. you know, and you would never see no center like him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's got hooked. It was So, so that game, uh, that game, you had two Hall of Fame coaches. You had uh, Larry Brown, which was uh, Rick Pitino before Rick Pitino, in terms of demeanor and, uh, and, and swag, so to speak. So what was it, what what was the pressure like? Because just like Muhammad Ali, you all are going up against Muhammad Ali. When he won the title, he went up against somebody who was you know considered unbeatable. And this is now, ironically, you all are going up against college basketballs. Uh, well, I never looked at pressure. Pressure, it was, I enjoyed it. It was all the pressure. No challenge to me. Mm-hmm. I, I relish it. I love it. So you, you win the high, you win the high school championship in there. You win the national championship in Louisville. I know a lot of times you don't really appreciate something until you're years removed from. Yeah, yeah. You know, because you're in the moment, you're living it. Right. And then you find a movie, you look like, what was, when y'all won it, in the happens? And when, y'all, when y'all get back to the city, what, what was that like after y'all? Had well, the, the, the fact that we, I was able to play the national championship game, a hundred miles from home, mm-hmm. was blessing itself. Got the fans, got a chance to see. It was for as a player, it's all about the fans. You know, uh, you want to you want to please the fans because they come out and support you. They fill up the gym every night. And you, you see how much they are the church and love players. You know, me as a Indiana player growing up, I was sitting there watching the 75 uh, championship uh, in Final Four. When we were bringing that championship for the first championship, we ended up losing to UCLA. But to see the excitement and then the disappointment for not being able to make it. Wait, the, the fans said, wait till next year, wait till next year. You know, so, that's why when I came to your school, uh, my prediction, well, my prediction, because I promised the city to work as a championship. That was off the thing. I've seen how much they uh, was dying to have one, dying to win, you know, and to be able to de- deliver that with my teammates. You know, that was, you know, five, I could look at the NBA and won five national championships in the NBA, but it never would have been as thrilling if I had a national championship. So, when the game was, uh, we won the game, we're going back on the bus. I told Coach Cone, I said, Coach, I'm going to ride back on the bus. He said, cool. So I rode back on the bus. Michael, we going down uh, 65 uh, South, and then this is 35, 45. And I was going on a little bit, going in on it. I 
in your era, and now that Kenny Payne's like, dog, I really like Kenny Payne, the coach. How is the camaraderie with uh, the new coaching staff while going forward? Got an all-star coaching staff. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I knew Kenny was good for one. You know, I told Kenny back in February, you know, he was thinking about it. That's the name. You got to seriously think so you feel like the fan base is kind of reunited now, as far as even old people. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. Man, they, 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 they only going to sell out. Yeah. See, what's crazy, I didn't know, and I, I was here then, but I wasn't really focused on college sports at the time when the transition was made from Ben Crumb. To Rick Pacino. And I, I didn't know that until the and when Kenny Payne came back and everybody was saying, You, you don't know how monumental this moment is. Yeah. He stepped off that plane and then Crum was standing there because of how Ben Crum had been kind of blackballed almost. Well, it, it, you know, in hindsight, you look at the scenario, you got a Hall of Fame coach yes, sir. at the end of his coaching day. Yes. And sometimes, you know, you don't know when to get it Yeah. And it should have been handled this way, coach. For you know, we got we we want to go in another direction. No disrespect, but I think it's time. Yeah, uh, we, we, we want you to be tight. He might have thought it, but you know, coach, if you don't, you don't make it up. So you know, you know, out of respect for you and family, you've been here. You know, let's come to agreement. Come to the agreement, file a press conference, post call announcements. That's how it's supposed to On his turn, regardless. On the front, it didn't go like that. It didn't go like that at all. Yeah. So, yeah. It was like, you know, we get rid of Coach Trump, and everybody's like, what the? How you going to like this? Yeah. You know, so that was a tank going in. You know, everybody related to Rick. Rick was just a recipient of, hey, I'm going to take the job. You know, with John, with that little coat, with y'all sick about, you know, 
Man, he's my guy. <laughs> he's one of the best that ever did it. Regardless of what people say about it, that man is one of the best that ever did it. Uh, but, you know, it's just that whole transition to sit well. And, you know, for it to come full circle to where he's got one of his, his players as a head coach and as a black head coach in this community for this program. It's going to be junior. Yeah. 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 I saw Wade. No, no, no. I was, no, you go, you go ahead. I just see, I saw Wade was at the airport. Mm-hmm. I said, for him to come to and embrace him, oh, you yeah. came in. That was beautiful. You could feel that aura surrounding the university, like that excitement changing. Yeah, you feel a change in the city. Oh, no, just see it. Like, real. Real. I can't wait to see. The thing about it is, is that the fans understand that. The best thing that we can do is support Kenny, give him all support mm-hmm. for his business game. Mm-hmm. Now, will Kenny coming back be like Coach Crunch first year when they went to the Final Four? Hopefully, but don't expect that. Yeah. Just give him support to build on. Yeah. Give him time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. let him good. let him get his crew in. You know, I mean, his coaching staff is all star. I mean, he's got four coaches on his staff, and then he's got Milk. Uh, got a championship ring, mm-hmm. coach of the Hall of Fame coach. Danny Manning, Danny Manning, championship ring, coach of the Hall of Fame coach. Yeah. Nolan Smith, mm-hmm. coach of yeah. the Hall of Fame coach, mm-hmm. one last championship. Mm-hmm. And Kenny, coach for the Hall of Fame coach, one last championship. It's a pedigree. So, you know, it's that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and I just want to get your perspective, like I said, because yeah. you're very to the university as a, you know, as a legend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just want to kind of know your idea of how. Where the program's going. Kenny, Kenny is the type of couple, man. They love Kenny. Players love him mm-hmm. because he's just, he's just genuine, mm-hmm. you know. And as a coach, you know, he's gonna keep your real with him. Right. And and he's gonna get out of here with uh, coaches. The long coach can get out with it because mm-hmm. he's a winner. He's got proven success. Good person, you know. And, and the key thing is, is he's able to uh, have the players respect him. Criticism, you forgive me. Mm-hmm. You're going to make them work hard. Right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Kenny's going to downplay the season, but you know, I, I know I see the players respond. Yeah, it's good to see all y'all back together. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what was missing. Yeah. You know, yeah. just, uh, you know mm-hmm. unfortunately, you know, when Crumb left, uh, the coaches that we had uh, didn't embrace the players like this year. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And now, and now it's uh, it's it's back on par. Like the family is back on par. Now, only you know, and, and, and that's contagious. Mm-hmm. That's within the whole corner community. Yeah, yeah. 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 the whole spirit of, of, of the teams, Jake. Yeah. Yeah. And that resonates in the, throughout the city. The city, yeah. us whole team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. you feel like we're a part of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Bush, Bush Beard and Jerry Eves and. And I mean the program we, we we as fans felt like that Louisville was overdue to have a, a coach because you all pretty much invented hip hop basketball. That was that was for us to just to give you a little bit and not talk too much about it. That's that's gonna be uh, that's a part of, of, of the documentary that that come about the documentary when we came out how we changed the culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean people, but, people, on, people, you, you'll be able to see it more on the documentary. Mm-hmm. You know, but I'll leave you with this. You know, uh, before the Fat Five and the Five Seven Jammer, 
Real quick, I want to ask, we had uh, a guy named Horace Gaither on a couple interview, uh, interviews back, and he talked to us about that experience of going through the draft process. Uh, you talking about the NBA draft? Yeah, if you could tell us, from, he, he, he played great pro baseball, uh-huh. but if you could tell us what that was like, just that, well, that night well, before, the day of. For me, it, 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 the draft experience for me wasn't like you see that on TV. Mm-hmm. It was pretty casual, you know. Uh, it was, you know, the draft flew me up to New York, and I was drafting up to New York, and they called our name out, and, you know, when the order they did, took pictures and so forth. It wasn't as a big of a touchdown. I can remember that the hotel I stayed in, they went with the hotel. He just signed a big contract against the Yankees. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, so that, that happened during that time. So I got to meet Jay Wilkin, but I was always a big fan. But it wasn't a big fan for like, it wasn't a production yeah. like it was. Yeah, when I played in Utah, we were the lowest market for the sport. Was it, was it like a culture shop that you go from? I was very culture shop. From Louisville? They had one black barber. You go from Louisville, it's like, you know, you, you grip to us, like, you know, Golden to Utah, which is like, well, I tell people, minority was 2%. I didn't even black, yeah, it's just the minority. It was, it was less than that. Utah had <laughs> 1,200 black people in the whole state. Wow. 800 of them were in Hill Air Force Space. Wow. We had one black ball, no black radio stations. I remember calling my mom up, so excited. She said, What's going on? I said, Mama, we got our city for Hollow TV. We got the kind of program. We went out that program. It was crazy. So, you know, you had to get a Betamax or a VHS or a Betamax and get everything through videos. To this day, my family, they give me movie passes for Christmas because when I was in Utah, that's all that did was go to the movies, back to back. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll go to two movies, maybe three movies in a row because there wasn't no TV program. Yeah. You know, so I've I, I always to this day where I said, when we get to Christmas, give me a movie, give me a movie pass. Let me ask you a question. Uh, okay, uh, based on based on your, your, your skill set, um, did you feel like when you were at Utah that, that you were where God wanted you to be? No, well, of- I mean, he, he put me there. That was God's job, but he didn't ask me. <laughs> 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 you know, we, all, we, all play, we all play ball. Everybody dreams of this here. I'm not saying you were dis- disappointed by going to Utah. You were happy to get drafted. Boy, you like, man, I got to go to Utah. Well, I, I'm a casualty of a high draft pick, low team. You know, and, and, but now it don't matter. 
we we were the lowest margin professors, so we we burned sellers on CDs. Now when he gets skin contracts, it don't matter if you go wherever, you're gonna be seen. You know, Sacramento, wherever you're gonna be seen. You know, and the, the visibility of, of professional sports, particularly basketball, as far as the season, but when I when I was playing, you know, mm-hmm. we only got to see prime games. You know, uh, it's just that just part of the time. Yeah. I, I wanted to get wanted to be in the main market. I almost went to New York twice. It didn't happen. So that's that's, that's what I was. That was my next question. Yeah. yeah. Was that was the second part of my question? Was did, did you did you want to be on Broadway like on my first second stint in New York? I almost got traded in New York for the season. You know, uh, they was trying to grab my uh, kind of trade for me. I think the trade was with uh, Mike Lewis from the Christmas. Uh, uh, some cash and some draft picks and Utah up the end and they helped me up with the Second time was I was number three agent. And what year was this? Uh, eight five when I was three agent. It sounded like Randy yeah, ended, up, ended, up, ended up breaking uh, my foot and that kind of slowed that process down. Um, should have signed with the Knicks at the time. That's when the first year of salary. And a lot of the NBA yeah. owners and the general managers of the second salary. And Mr. Wolf represented myself and he represented Bill Carter. Play for the next line, which had the same foot injury that I had. So we are both healed, and they were like, okay, uh, David Bush was the general manager at the time. And Mr. Wolf was trying to explain to him that when salary cap worked as the, as the, the agents do, that, that you can sign a player, your existing player, to a contract, and it won't affect the salary cap. Uh, if you sign that player prior to signing another player, so X amount of money left for a free agent, you sign a free agent first. And then when you sign your existing player, it don't matter because I'm not going to count it. Yeah. He was trying to explain to Dave Bush, for some reason he didn't get it. He ended up signing a car at first, there was no money. Right. Well, he had signed me first, car rest of the business. And, 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 and you're dealing with the same, we, we, we both are agents. So, yeah. real quick, real before we wrap things up. Most of the generation, they always fighting for it. But for us, you know, it was the Lakers in the 80s. Like, what was it like? You went to Western Conference. What was it like facing those Lakers teams? Yeah, it was yeah. it was, it was envy because, you know, again, me being in, in Utah, the lowest market, and the Magic was on the uh, play ball and run situation. And we're also on the worst So I got over pretty well, man. And just going to LA, man, and seeing the excitement of like, watching the game. Is in all these major cities, I gotta come back to Utah. You ain't gonna make it sound like Utah. It's nothing against Utah. You know, it's just the. So you ever asked like for a trade or anything? I'm not
And in the book he describes you was a the half line going at a bull. Yeah. So tell us something about Daryl was a uh, 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 character. And he was on Nike Cohort uh, team with Nike. Uh, and he was in Utah for about 50 days. <laughs> they drafted him. And the first person he asked for, he said, that word's grip. And so I picked him up at the airport. And he looked at me and he said, I ain't gonna be here long. <laughs> he said, Nah, I ain't gonna be here long. And he was right, man. He he, he didn't he didn't he did not go walk around. They got him out. Uh, yeah, they got him out of there, man. Wow. He said, I don't say he's doing it. He came from Philly. It was fun having him there, but he was a character. Man. Yeah. He, he was, bless his soul, he passed away six years ago. Yeah. Man. The Dolphin yeah. was, uh, well, he was one of the, he came from high school. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. So you said you came out of high school. Uh -huh. What made you stay to your senior year? Really, I wasn't, you know, I was flattered, mm -hmm. but in, in, in looking at myself and dissecting my game, was the best thing for me. You know, I, I, I get more, more time to develop my game. You know, I would have went in raw, and, you know, I, I could have got lost up in the system, you know, by not being ready. Do you, do you think that, that comes from your upbringing? Because most kids, when you're young, you're like, I'm going to go play with balls. Yeah. And they don't really assess that they're not ready. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, uh, Joe, uh, it was flattering, but I had to assess my game. And I knew that I had a lot more improvement to do. Before I got there, I wanted to go there in top shape to be there. You know, and I know the college to go for. And I could have went every year after that. I could have bounced every year after you know, It was just uh, twofold. It was just being ready and, and living up to the commitment. Yeah. Before we wrap up, man, anybody got any more questions they want to ask? My question is, which everybody wants to know, man, is the Derby experience. Okay. You know, uh, it's been a few years because of COVID. <laughs> Three years because of COVID. First Saturday in May, everybody looks forward to it. It's legendary. Will it be back next year? Yes, yeah. If God willing and everything goes well, we all get our shots, you know. Understood. Right. So I actually didn't own grips. I licensed my name to them, you know. And so, you know, I had a lot to do with, you know, with my name the imaging, the imaging, the branding, the how to store them and stuff like that. But I was still if it was up to me, I I would have told them to move to East. I actually I told them say, hey, you need to go out to East. Yeah. Well, I actually like a lot of people said they yeah. thought it was a mistake to move from campus. I love yeah. the downtown. Well, well campus, can we call us with you? Downtown was cheaper rent wise than it was on campus. Understood. Yeah, yeah, it was. But I love the downtown location. You like campus? Most people love the campus. I like the downtown. It's good. But you know, when you talk about expanding, you got to expand in a smart way. And in restaurant business that I know, especially you know, you good friends is that. You gotta be where there's a reason why there's a lot of restaurants in the East. There's a reason for that. Right. 
So should we all strive for potential for something in the future? He's telling me if you like it that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Like it so much, bro. That's how that's how it went. I I went to own it. Right, right. Yeah, and I I understood that. I just hated yeah, when it went out when it went. Menu, I I had to prove the menu. You know, collectively with the with the owners and right. stuff, but had to be a collective scenario. But you know, if, if, you know, you talk to one of the guys that I did my agreement with. My first day was that we go out east. Mm-hmm. Truth, we go out east. That's mm-hmm. the boys. We'll spend that money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you know, it's, it's, there's so many restaurants out there for a reason. Yeah. 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 That, that Havana spot. I mean, that's a lot of cantaloupe. Well, I must say, man, as we wrapping it up, man, I admire your humility and your willingness to, to just, you know, sit and talk and give people part of yourself, man, through your stories, through your experiences, man. Uh, the city loves you. You know, I, I've been here, this coming April will be 30 years that I've been here, man. And you, you might be one of the most important people to the citizens of this city. I appreciate it. Yeah, I just want to say that, you know, world, worldwide, Muhammad Ali is, is global. I mean, he's, he's the he's most definitely famous global. athlete ever. But when it comes to Louisville, to the city, when it comes to just Louisville and just giving back, it's great. Yeah. I just said it, brother. It is great. I'm going to say it more. Big Red, Ripples, and Red. Red. <laughs> 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 I'm telling you, you guys, you know, let me tell you this. Big Red and Ripples, I had my dad shipping to Salt Lake City to me. <laughs> 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 I'm telling you, I'm telling you. This is different from Big Red. That's another thing I said. I went to the store at 7 11. I said, Yeah, I got Big Red. They said, Boy, that's what I was talking to. I was talking to Shane. I mean, what is Breath like? Like Cook City, like Salmon. Likes big red, he likes drink pop. She said he doesn't drink it anymore. Yeah, say, I, I, I don't drink pop. Say you don't drink pop. But we definitely, we have to do a part two. It's a whole lot, you know, questions that we gotta ask them for time reasons. But we do have to doc. Yeah, documentary's coming out. Yeah. So the party, willing party next derby, derby night, the Griff experience, man. We definitely go. We appreciate you, Griff, man. The rest of y'all been warned. He told y'all this is bad. We give you your flowers, man. Thank you for taking your time out, man. We love you. Hey, y'all want to take pictures?